Well, hello and welcome to episode number 50 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialise in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. On the podcast today, we're going to be talking about some challenges in learning to communicate upwards in project teams. As with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the Allfire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, sign up for our regular newsletter, find a bit more out about how we may be able to help you and your business. Communicating up is something which, unless you're at the very top of the organisational pyramid, is something that you're going to have to do throughout most of your working day, most of your working life potentially as well, dependent on how your career progresses. For some people, it's something that they become very used to very quickly. For others, it's something that become can become quite challenging for them and something that they'll struggle with for a long time. Um, particularly when you are dealing with projects where the person or people that you communicate up to will change from time to time. And this is made even more complicated when the projects that you're involved in, they may be uh, undertaken using virtual teams. So you may very well be handing your information in terms of where your part of the project is, passing that up to a manager or a leader or a sub-manager or whomever you report to, who is based in another country, based in another city, based in another time zone, and who may have very, very different cultural expectations to what you're used to and even what you're dealing with on another project. It's after all quite common that people will work on multiple projects concurrently and you may find that on one project you may be dealing with a local manager, someone who is culturally very similar to yourself and has very similar expectations to what you're used to dealing with. And then on another project you're involved in, you could find yourself dealing with someone who has completely different cultural expectations and a completely different way of expecting for information to be passed to them. So you need to be cognizant of this because the people that you're working for often have a lot of control over your careers and and where your opportunities may or may not come from. So you need to know how to deal with these people and you need to you need to at least give some thought when you're dealing with people in different strata and with different cultural expectations in terms of what they expect from you as much as you need to consider what the people that work for you expect to give to you and how you will deal with them. So some of the key issues to consider when you're coming to terms with communicating upwards in your project we list a few in the article that accompanies this uh, this podcast so we're going through them in sequence. Um, The first one really is language. Now, there's a number of different ways in which language can 
impact the way that you would deliver information. But the first one and the most obvious one and the most tangible one is the actual language itself. The language that you use in as much as the language that your project may be based in and also the language that your manager is most comfortable with. Um, now, in in olden days, going back 20 years or so, the, the norm would be that, your, that you and your managers would all speak the same native language. You would typically all work in, in one co-located team. You would all come from a similar area and you would all have a similar grasp of both the language itself and also the nuances and subtleties that go with that language. As we've become far more um, poly multicultural and far more multi-centered in our projects it's increasingly common that teams will have people multiple people within that team for whom there are different first languages so your manager may well have a different first language and possibly even a different second language to the language in which the project is being executed and these linguistic skills, even people who are very, very competent in speaking in other languages, they can struggle when you start to get into some of the idioms and idiosyncrasies of languages and nuances and subtleties and local colloquialisms and so forth. So you need to be, you need to be very cognizant of the language skills of your manager and you need to make sure that when you're delivering information to them, you do it in a way that they're able to fully understand um, now that also means that that you yourself need to learn to express yourself in a way that 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 is that supports your manager's understanding. And you also need yourself to become more comfortable in terms of understanding what your manager's needs are when they're expressing them to you in your language or in whichever language is the project language in a way where you understand what they want as much as they can understand what they're getting from you and that they can understand that what they're getting from you is what they need and expect. Now, this can get really, really complex if both of you are working in a second or a third language. Um, it's less complex if one of you is working in a first language and another is in a second language, and if that second language is held at a very high level. But there can also come a point where it's appropriate to have either a colleague act as an interpreter or a formal interpreter as well working in some of these projects, simply because the linguistic skills of both parties may not be compatible. And it may be simply that to get the message across and for the message to be understood properly, there needs to be somebody in there acting as a, as a formal interpreter. So that's, the, that's some of the challenges of language. Now, the second challenge, which really flows on from language, is is the method and mechanism of delivery. Again, in in historical times, the norm would be that everybody would sit in a room and you would explain to your manager what the status was on your project. You would deliver your your report face-to-face -face in a room with sitting with your manager. You could have drawings on the table in front of you. You could have notes. You could have whatever you would need to support that. That would then extend out potentially to being held over a telephone or a video conference um, and potentially even in writing or via email so in writing could be in a in a formal report which gets posted onto a website somewhere via email would be that you would just email in your reports um, but again the the language 
challenges that can come with this can become quite complex again because you've again you've got to be able to write to a to a level whereby your manager can understand what you're saying and you need to understand completely what you're putting in there so that you can explain it to the manager as and when they ask questions now one of the recommendations one recommendation we would give to any project that doesn't already have it would be to develop templates for these kinds of reports Projects are typically becoming more and more complex. You're finding there are multiple facets of a project, so there are people working all over all over the country, all over the world on the same project. And if you're having to then compile reports together to produce an overall report that may have to be submitted to a board or to a client, that report needs to be consistent and repeatable. So you need to find a template that works for everybody so that everybody can fill in their information in the same manner and the same structure and that that manner then provides the information that's needed by everybody and makes it easy for them to compile their report. The third thing to consider is the size and the makeup of the audience that you're delivering it to. Again, you will probably find that you'll be delivering your report to your project manager and maybe a couple of their colleagues, but they themselves then have to deliver it to others. Um, you need to be aware that if you're going to be delivering this in a into um, in an environment where where you may not always have an entirely um, supportive group, you need to be aware that some people may have different views. Some people may support your project. Some people may not support your project. So you need to find ways that you can both provide enough information and accurate information, but also that you can make your project. Uh, defensible at the same time so you need to be able to support the work that your project manager is doing to to support and make sure that your project gets to keep going forwards always assuming that your project actually is valid and deserves to be moving forwards so those are probably the three key points that we would make now the 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 other things to consider um, typically Often these days it's a requirement that you may need periodically to travel to a meeting to deliver your report. Now this may be once a quarter you may gather with your project manager or with the board and deliver an update on your project to those people. Um, And if that involves travel and if it involves travelling across large distances, potentially across multiple time zones, we would really recommend that you aim to arrive the day before or two days before the meeting. There's a number of reasons for this. Firstly, once you're adjusted to the time zones, you'll be a lot fresher and a lot more alert in the meetings. But more than that, spending a little bit of extra time there will give you an opportunity to spend some time with your project manager or with your manager or with whomever you're delivering the report to to make sure that you get the chance to run any questions that you may have with them Um, to make sure that they understand where you're coming from so that you can adjust the report if needs be to to meet any specific requirements that your project manager may have or that your business manager may have. It also gives you an opportunity to to spend a bit of time face-to-face with colleagues in that other office to, to spend a bit of time building or enhancing your relationship with your line manager while you're there and just generally smoothing the wheels a bit so that as and when you need to deal with these people the next time when you're not face to face with them you have a little bit of a better relationship a bit of a better working relationship and they may then be more amenable to assisting you in the things that you need there is of course you know to go back to the first part of this point there's nothing worse than sitting in a meeting 
feeling firstly that you're a little bit disoriented because you're suffering from several hours of jet lag, potentially uh, yawning a lot, potentially sort of having that, that awful snap when your body says, I just need to go to sleep and your head starts to loll forward, suddenly you drag yourself back and you snap back upright. That really is not a good look in front of your manager or managers or whomever you have to deliver these reports to. You need to be sharp and and alert. You need to be at least seen to be sharp and alert when you're delivering them. So be very cognizant of time zone impacts and fatigue when you're making these trips. Then the last thing that we would really suggest is that that in all of this you become very aware of the personalities that you're dealing with in in these teams. And to do so we would recommend initially at least that you go through and consider their positions on as far as power distance goes, as far as whether they're individually or individual or collectively biased, how they deal with uncertainty, whether they're a dominating or a um, or a collaborative type of personality on the masculinity scale, and and whether they're looking to the long term or whether they're looking for short term gains. Knowing these sorts of things, and this is these are links to articles that we've written on all of these factors in in the article itself. Knowing all of these things will give you a far greater insight into the way that your managers expect you to deliver for them, and then will let you build a much better report and to uh, to deliver much more appropriate information when you're feeding information to your managers. So hopefully you've enjoyed this episode, and if you have, please do check us out. We're at www.ulfire.com.au. Of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast feed and keep up to date with future episodes. If you're visiting the website, then check out our newsletter, which comes out once every couple of weeks and has links to the latest articles and uh, and articles that we um, uh, that we come across on the internet that may be of interest in the same space and uh, very much look forward to speaking to you on future episodes thank you